I am so, so excited for you to hear this interview. It was the first music interview that I did. Michael Isaac is such a gem. His new album is just gorgeous. Go now, listen to it. Give yourself a nice like hot girl walk and you will process a hundred thousand different emotions. I feel like this interview is such a great introduction to someone who's going to have a very interesting career, which you will definitely hear towards the end. So without further ado, here he is. Cool. Yeah, I've been enjoying your music so much. Your TikToks came up like a while ago and then it came up again. And my friend had been like, why is there no music on your entire series? And I was like, I'm scared. That's why. Because I don't know like enough about good music compared to everything else. And your TikTok came up and I was like, right, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for inviting me here and um, for, for listening, enjoying the music. That's means means a lot to me so I'm super happy to be here no I mean it's just stunning like the um orchestral arrangement in Plain Thoughts Major Slay thank you so much yeah that one was um definitely I had the idea for that like a a while ago um Mm -hmm. I I love like Arabic orchestral music I grew up listening to it um and so when the when when the time came to like make this EPM, like I have to throw that in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with Plain Thoughts, I was like, it's already like a decently long song. Let's just make it even longer and like really like flesh it out to like its uh its greatest possibility. And so um yeah, that's what that's what inspired that. But I that's probably my favorite part of the entire project. Yeah. I mean you need yeah. it for like plain thoughts right like that feeling where you listen to it like a song on loop and then like everything's really vibey and kind of like this otherworldly space yeah like, totally like, yeah, yeah. archer ages ago you know the taylor swift one yeah, yeah yeah i say that like you don't have a bunch of taylor swift covers that i was you know researching totally so vibes definitely grew up yeah. on a lot of taylor swift for sure yeah what's your favorite um, album uh probably um my top album of 2023 was actually Evermore and so I think that's a classy answer yeah I think either it's always between Folklore and Evermore for me I just love Aaron Desner so much his production on everything um I just saw this like clip of him writing the song Invisible String but it it was like a completely different song I just think Aaron Desner's like production co-writing with Taylor is like amazing so yeah yeah Yeah, probably those two in the camp of those people who you know like I love her other stuff but like if she just kept doing doing like folklore and evermore and repeat that would be that would be ideal I agree yeah like I love the pop stuff but I think there's like she unlocked something really like special with all the folk with all the folk music so yeah yeah I love an album where like you put it on you feel like I don't know like it's it creates like an atmosphere in the place you're in. I feel like you've done that as well. Like not everyone does it. Even like um, Lord's latest album has that kind of energy. Like you put it on and suddenly everyone's mood shifts. And yeah, it's like a really nice experience. Totally. I think especially with a song like Plain Thoughts, I wanted to create the environment of you sitting on a plane and just thinking about life. 
Um, and so you're just, you're looking out the window, it's sunset. I just really wanted to paint that picture, especially that was the environment I was in when I wrote it. So um, definitely try to create that picture as much as possible. Yeah, Um, and you kind of yeah. have thoughts on a plane, like sort of like being on a train where you wouldn't necessarily think of them like day to day. And then suddenly you're like, well, didn't know this was bugging me. And then you land and it's not. And you're like, mm. oh, how odd. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like this liminal, like this liminal space that's like mm -hmm. you're in you're in transition between two places. And I think that's also very pertinent because I was in a place in my life where I was about to make this transition from Uh, being in college to taking a leave um, and pursuing music out here in LA. And so I think I wasn't thinking about that at the time, but it's very interesting how that that plane ride, this transitional kind of state um, kind of turned into a centerpiece for an album all about this transition into adulthood and finally pursuing your career and stuff like that. So yeah, because you're the second Princeton person that we've had on the series on the podcast. Very no way. Yeah. What 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 other Princeton people have you had? It's called Ida Novi, and she is like this. She's a really good writer, and she lectures in literature. But she's also like a translator as well, like Spanish and Portuguese. She was a very cool person to interview, and I was like, ah, that's that's amazing. <laughs> I'll definitely go and go back and watch that because I'll definitely. Yeah, um, she. Yeah. What's it called her book's called Take What You Need, and it's like it's so dreamy, and it's just very like. Like, it's more like a lived book, if that makes sense. Like, well, as soon as you close it, you feel like you lived that experience rather than, like, you were looking at other people's lives. It was, yeah, it's a good vibe. But nice. you left, right? You've taken leave and you're in L.A. Yeah, so I was there for a year, um, and I was actually a pre-medicine neuroscience major, which is completely wow. different than kind of what I'm doing now with, with all this music stuff. But... um. Yeah, I I kind of I I just don't looking back I don't think I was necessarily like ready for, you know, 4 years of college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I think uh being pre-med and and doing all these STEM courses was kind of the only thing that was like grounding me in an education, but I I didn't I didn't feel any creative drive. I I I'd always been into interested in music, but um I had kind of no outlet for that based on all the STEM I was doing. And so that that led me to to take a leave um, that that summer after freshman year of college. I was just writing so much. And I realized that kind of being in this uh, really competitive environment was kind of limiting that, that side of me. So that that's what led me to take a gap year, um, which now turned into two gap years. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still scheduled to go back. Um, Princeton's great because they they allow you to um, take up to three years of leave um, at a time. Great. So yeah, so that that's been really great. Um, and then while I've been in LA, I did a certificate program in uh, in music, uh, independent artist development at Musicians Institute. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then I I also I I still do some neuroscience stuff. Uh, I'm a research assistant. Uh, at USC at the Brain and Music Lab there. I just love the way that um, music can impact people, how, what a strong effect music has on the brain. So I, I'm definitely still very interested in that. Yeah, that's a really cool factor of the music you make. Like I saw that, like your 17 hour ago, hour ago post, and <laughs> you put it in there. 
what how does it affect your work like when you sit down you like know all these interesting things about how music impacts people yeah I think the thing I always think about is how your brain compartmentalizes pitch and you actually have like a spatial map in in the certain auditory part of the brain that maps things out based on pitch so the more like audit auditory stimuli that come in your brain recognizes the pitch and then puts them into a neat kind of pile of of items and so I think about that all the time with mixing and production because you have to have you can't have too much of like one pitch range and you have to you have to mix them pretty well in order to have like a good um kind of a good blend of everything you can't have too much of one thing or else it'll be too much um kind of sensory overload on that that like one little part on the brain so yeah i think about that a lot um and just kind of music for emotional regulation think using songwriting as a tool um, to reflect and to journal and um, kind of as a therapeutic uh, therapeutic tool. So I, I think about that a lot too. That's so interesting. So with the pitch part, like what happens if it's just one continuous noise? Is that why it bugs people so much? Yeah. I mean, I, ha I have to look into it personally, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I think something that you think about with like, uh, some of the best mixes, at least in my opinion, is that they have like the perfect pitch range and then they have like the perfect amount of um, instruments and sounds kind of in each pitch range. Um, and it gives you that full like immersive experience without having too much of anything. Um, yeah. So what are your examples of that? Um, I think some of my favorite mixes, I love a lot of, so like I was saying, a lot of Aaron Desner's work, a lot of, um, Jack Antonoff's work and I love um Ethan Gruska too he's he's produced for Phoebe Bridgers and he just did a new album with Ryan Beatty who oh like, my god I saw that you had him on your playlist on Spotify I'd yeah. like yeah it's basically what I listen to at the moment yeah it, it's great I've been listening to him since high school and I think it's been <laughs> yeah yeah I've been listening uh, to him <laughs> Well, I think something really cool is how he developed into a new, because he was always very R&B soulful, and then how he kind of developed into a um, indie folk, kind of soulful indie folk with with the new production with Ethan Bruska. I think that album is a, like a masterpiece. I, I listen to it cover to cover very often. Um, and so I think that that's an album that's like, it has that perfect, like, you have every instrument, but none of them are clashing with each other. And none of them, all of them have their distinct space. There's nothing that like blends too much together. And then on the other hand, it's like nothing that um, kind of, I don't know, they don't clash. So I think something that something like that, I think is a perfect example of, of that concept I was telling you about. Yeah, he's a great storyteller as well. That combination feels very plain thoughts. You know, I mean, you suddenly take on someone else's life. And you're like, Sada, I had this crazy theory. Do you know Grace and Chance? Yes, yes. Okay, some of their songs like weirdly relate. And I just have a theory that they dated. No, I have no proof of that whatsoever. Oh, that's really funny. But I really sit there funny. and I go, maybe, maybe. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like a bit of his music. When you were, oh, this is the worst. I have so many questions and I'm so thrown off by everything you just said about pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
What was I going to say? Now we've been talking about like Ryan Beatty's music and everything. Who are your go-to artists that you love listening to? Um, I think I'll always go back to Phoebe Bridgers. I've seen yeah. her perform <gasps> multiple times now. Um, I'll always go back to her music. Um, I think also Elliot Smith is one of those artists where like I can just put him on. Sometimes I'm like, I'll be not in the mood to listen to anything. And then I'll just put on, I'll just put shuffle on Elliot Smith and then I'll just have it play. And there's something very, um, very, very soothing about it. Um, the other artist who I've been listening to a lot recently is C-Rose. Um, I just saw him perform at the Troubadour last Thursday, and I, I was just so amazed by his performance. And so all of his all of his works are very meditative, very, um, very ethereal, and they're very good to have in the background, but they're also really good to go into and, and, yeah. and study if you want to. So yeah, those three, I think recently um i also love joni mitchell um i love putting on blue in the background um yeah i i try to listen to music like as much as i can it's it's sometimes challenging when you make music that you often find it hard to like to find time to listen to music because you're always like you know working on things or like reviewing mixes or you know sitting with your guitar so i always try to find Anytime I'm not like making music, I try to be like listening to music. Yeah. Do you find sometimes you sit down, you're like, I've got this great idea. And then you're like, oh, that I, I, it's a great idea because it's like someone else's. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that happens to me every so often. I feel like it happened to me way more at the beginning when I first started songwriting. I'd yeah. write something and I'll be like, oh, wait, that sounds exactly like um, this song or something. Um I feel like I've gotten to a point where instead of things sounding like other people's songs, I feel like I have an issue writing things that sound like my own songs now. I mean, that's better, though. That's way better. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Sound like someone else. No one's going to be like, oh, that's so derivative because it's like, you know. Yeah, but I still still want to keep things very, um, I, 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 put an effort in in trying to make things more distinct and so yeah but i i do agree that is definitely a better problem to have than than things sounding like other people yeah and each of your songs feel like very um like they feel very well curated like i feel like you probably have like a massive back catalog and that these are like specific chapters of your life that you really wanted to like put out there and i think that works like it's cohesive but they're all different I like that. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think um with with the EP especially, I really wanted to focus on um making it kind of the best of all the songs I'd written in one chapter in my life. And also that they all conceptually work together and that the uh that like there's a common theme going. Mm-hmm. Um and so telling, being able to tell a story with the track list, I think, is one of my favorite things. Um, and so even though it is a small EP, I still consider it like a very like a concept album or a concept EP um, because I feel like I, I spent a lot of time picking the order um, and spending a lot of time thinking about the themes of it and and kind of what messages are conveyed in each track and and how they change over time. So I was definitely very, uh, very, very concerned with that. 
Yeah. And it opens really strong. Like, Hey Boy is like such a great introduction to like you as a person and as an artist. Like it's a really nice combination. The video is so cute. Like I was looking at it today and it's like very like, um, call me by your name, like kind of look as well like with all the the seaside vibes but also like a really yeah I really liked it that's so that's so cool I'm I'm really glad you liked it I think with Hey Boy I I definitely chose it as a single for that reason that it was a good introduction to who I am my background um and kind of my inner dialogue um but I also for that same reason that's why I made it the first track on the EP I feel like it's like um for people that have never heard of me before and they click play, I feel like they'll have a much better understanding of who I am after that first track and hopefully they'll want to keep listening. Um, yeah, for that video, I'm, I'm really glad you liked the video. I I, I wanted to make it um, a little bit more special and, and put in all these clips from my upbringing. I tried to like kind of um, pick different ones from like different stages of my life to like not just childhood but you know middle school high school and um all that stuff so um but yeah I had a, I actually had a fun time making that that lyric video you know sometimes um making content for you know YouTube Instagram TikTok can be a little bit taxing but it's it's <laughs> you know you're doing the right thing if, if you're having fun while doing it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's how you know that like you actually want to do it because if you're sharing stuff with an audience and you hate the part that is sharing it with the audience and you're kind of like you're screwed aren't you it's like totally. now, God, setting up like a tiktok um just like calendar you know when like cash you know when you have everything loaded up my god I just want to shoot myself sometimes but then I'm like oh it's just because I'm not doing stuff that like actually speaks to the work that I'm doing I'm just like creating stuff so I'm like oh yeah that worked before I'll just do that I'm like no 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 and you have to like delete and so yeah I agree with you I think um like the the video I made yesterday of of kind of what my artist identity is and why people should follow me like that that was a fun video to make yeah um so I mean I also love I haven't filmed any singing videos for myself in a good few months just because they just stopped performing very well and I uh I spend a lot of time on those singing videos, making sure the audio's good and the video's good and I'll mess up tons of times and then I'll finally get it really good and then edit it and then post it and then I'll get like 200 views. I'll be like, oh, okay. But um, that's why I haven't really spent a lot of time uh, doing those videos. Um, but I definitely want to 2024 keep, keep doing those because the people that do watch them really enjoy them. So yeah yeah I mean your content's great like that's how I, I remembered your work from seeing it before and I was like yeah because I'd even looked you up then and then when it came up again I immediately knew the work you do all of that stuff like it was very it was very good communication with the audience that's good I'm really I'm really happy to hear that yeah yeah and then the I, other thing oh sorry go for it no 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 you go you go um, the other thing you mentioned was like all the seaside um, imagery and stuff. And I, I feel like that was also a big part of this album as well is like having having that photo shoot by the beach in Malibu, which is like one of my favorite places ever. Um, I think I'm very inspired just by like Los Angeles, by the coast, by Southern California. And I think that definitely comes through in all the songs I write. Um 
And I think that's why it's, I, I wanted to pair it with all that imagery just to kind of, it's, it's another aspect of um, just who I am and where I come from. I, I love the beach. I love the ocean. So. So you're from California. I am. I am from California. Oh, that's such a cool place to be from, which sounds really weird, but like, like it's so quintessential. I've never been, but then when you see like America and there are all these different areas and then California always looks like a fun, nice part of the, of the country to be from. Yeah, you should definitely visit if you have the chance. It's it's amazing. It's funny. I've actually never been to the UK. I really want to go. I've always wanted to go. We just never, um, never got around to it. Yeah, um, it's, it's nice. The weather's never, never good. Uh, if you do come to London, don't come in the summer. Okay. Because it's really, really hot, but there's no, we don't do aircon. So it's like, yeah. But then Got don't you. in the winter either. So just <laughs> spring, autumn. Autumn's really nice in London, actually. Okay, autumn. I'll take also, I'll take note of that. Sometimes it's randomly hot, like October. Sometimes it's just like, I don't know. I'm not from London. I'm adjusting <laughs> to the strange temperatures. Got yeah. it. Yeah, I'll take note of that. But yeah, I definitely want to visit if it comes to like maybe a study abroad program or something. I think I'd love to go to the UK. Yeah, or like a tour yeah. as well, because you've already done like your first headline. So yeah, I'd love that. I think I've definitely been getting more listeners outside of the US, um, particularly in the UK and, and Canada too. So um, I definitely want to explore that. Um, first, I think I definitely want to tour uh, US, at, at least like the West and East Coast. Yeah. Um, even if it's a mini tour, like five, six shows, I'd love to do that. Yeah, that sounds like a nice vibe. That was what I saw Grayson Chance like maybe a couple of years ago. And that's what he did. And he played in this like really nice, like intimate venue. And everyone like loved his music so much that they turned up like hours early. Like when I got there, people had been there for like ages. So I think definitely, yeah, it's a good vibe. What do you love about California? Because I feel like lately oh. I've been watching the, uh, the Kardashian version. Oh, yeah, I think the funny thing is I feel like there are very, there are like two very different Californias and like two very different versions of LA. I feel like there there's LA with all the people that like moved here um, and then there's like growing up in LA and I feel like growing up in LA is like completely different. Um, and I don't know if I had to choose like my favorite part, um, I feel like. I feel like LA is the perfect mix between like fast paced and like laid back. Like mm -hmm. I feel like a city like New York is very fast paced, like maybe too fast paced for me. I visited a bunch. Um, and then the more kind of suburban you go in California, Orange County, San Diego, like things get a little bit too like chill and laid back yeah. and like there's no kind of like urgency so I feel like LA is like a perfect mix of of having that fast-paced city but also being like okay wait the beach is right here let's take a minute to slow down um so yeah the, the traffic is horrible but <laughs> it's um it, it's I, it's still one of my favorite places in my head the traffic is just the la la land you know opening that's what I assume you guys will do every day. Yeah, just put on 
put on like a bunch of music and sit on the freeway. I think that's the other thing about long songs too, is having a song that's seven and a half minutes. It's like somebody could like easily listen to it on a road trip or on like while they're stuck in traffic and they just won't be feeling the time. So yeah. Yeah. Or on a plane, like, yeah, on a plane, <laughs> like, and then you just yeah. hit repeat. That's what I always do on a plane. Yeah. And then, you know, time just like slips away from you. That's a good, that's a real service to humanity is making songs that really like kill travel time and make it an enjoyable experience. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It also feels like inner child stuff, like California and also your first single, it's like a picture of you and your mom, right? I'm assuming. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, I, that's like a really big part of your work. What is that that like really excites you about sharing with people? Uh, about like sharing baby pictures and, and that. <laughs> I mean, inner child stuff, but yeah, too. I wasn't Oh, like, oh, yeah. you share a lot of pictures of you as a child. Why? No, I mean, like, in a, there's like a real, like, lovely inner child exploration in all your work. Yeah, I think definitely this whole theme of boyhood is huge. Um, and I think the idea of like vulnerability that comes with growing up um, and, you know, becoming a man, I think um, is super important to me. And I think in, in, the, in the world we live in now, we see a lot more uh, like there's a lot less stigma around men being vulnerable but I think that's a huge thing of like finding your inner child and like knowing it's like okay to to share your feelings and um so yeah and I think it's also this idea of of coming of age that that transition from childhood into adulthood and the reflection on childhood and honestly sometimes kind of wishing you could go back but at the same time, knowing that like whatever happens is for the best. So it's a lot of, um, I think a lot of themes there in, in, in my EP, but I think throughout all of my catalog of, of the experience of like wanting to go back to childhood, but also, and wanting to be there for younger versions of yourself, um, but also knowing that they'll be able to figure it out on their own. So Yeah. And also, I guess, like, integrating it to now, because it's, like, not such a rigid, like, it's not like one day you're an adult, and then you, that part of you is just, like, gone forever. Like, you're constantly in dialogue with it, right? So you're kind of, like, almost in a funny way, like, navigating how to be a kid as an adult. Yeah, that's very true. I think, um, yeah, I think definitely incorporating your inner child too in, into everything you do. I mean, when you're, when you're a child, everything is more like free and, um, you just have this, you have less judgment, you have less kind of consciousness of, of everything around you. And, and that makes you a little bit more, um, you know, free to explore who you are. And I think, um, That, that's something that's at the essence of my music too. Just, um, you know, take risks and, and explore like uncharted paths. You can be in college and you can leave college and just start music from the ground up. And so I think that's, that's something that's, that's also very pertinent as well. Yeah, I mean, that's the real, like, L.A. vibe, right? Like, leaving college, pursuing music, like, yeah. It's a good, Totally. hang out the troubadour, like, you know, you're really telling a good narrative there. I'm glad. I'm glad. I think it's also cool, like going back to being from here. I think um, 
a lot of people will move to cities and not know anybody, but it's just been great having family here, having friends um, that, that I've, that I've known previously that, that were here to support me, come to my shows when I was first starting to perform. So that's been really amazing too. You've kind of done both. You've done like, you know, going back to your hometown and going to it, like, you know, doing the whole like L.A. That's probably, yeah, that sounds like the healthiest way to do it. Like there's, it, that's not like a dark film about, you know, the woes of stardom and L.A. and music. That's like mm -hmm. awesome. Be a good musical. Yeah, I I think so, too. Um, I, I'd never... I was never like a huge musical person. I, I, I actually, I used to do musical theater in, uh, in middle school. Now that I think about it, I just never really went to watch plays a lot. Um, yeah. Until college, I, I went to New York a bunch. Um, and uh, I saw Dear Evan Hansen. I saw Wicked. Um, so those were, those were great. But yeah, I think. In theater camp. The film. No. Oh, it's so good. Like I watched it with my friend and my flatmate like last week and we were a bit tipsy and it like was the funniest like you know when you're watching something and you're like this is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my entire life and then I went home at the weekend and I said to my parents like okay we've got to watch it like my brother was over and it held up I was so like okay this is very funny like it wasn't the funniest thing I've ever seen in my whole life um the alcohol helped but it it's good yeah got you I like cool I'll definitely watch it yeah, yeah. Nice. 10 out of 10. I never, I've never seen Evan Hansen though. Dear Evan Hansen. Dude. It's very good. It's, it's pretty heavy, but I think it talks about things that are very important to talk about. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's got some great tracks and they have it here now in the West End. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I know they even have Hamilton here now. So, you know. Nice. Oh yeah. And I, I did see Hamilton back when yeah. it was touring over here on this side, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like everyone at, and now at this point, like it's sort of like the iPhone, everyone was like, gotta, gotta, gotta go watch it. I don't yeah. think I've met anybody that like hasn't seen it, but I know I'll probably, I'm saying that now, but I'll probably like find so many people now. But... Yeah. That also sounds like a line out of like a sitcom or something. You know what I mean? Like who hasn't seen Hamilton? Like very, um, I don't know, like, oh. You know, there's like really dry comedies. Mm -hmm. My brain has clearly switched off. This is the first uh, interview of the series that I've done. So I did two in like November. And now I'm like back in the game. I even have got my little notebook. So That's awesome. With all the thanks. <laughs> it was very supportive. It's like the interviewer is like, my brain is off. And you're like, well done. Well done. You, no, it, I you think um, the, the funny thing is like, Sometimes I'll say like supportive things and people think I'm being sarcastic, but I, I swear, yeah. like I'm not. No, I know. I'm the worst at that. And I worry about it so much on here because I'll be like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but I mean it all. Like I'll be like, oh, that's so cool. And then people will be like, all right, no need to be like that. And I'm like, no, like, yeah, man. Um, I wanted to ask you about your trip to Egypt and Egyptian music, because I feel like that's such an interesting part of the work you do. Yeah. So the first time, so I, I, both my parents were born there, but we actually never got to go until, um, until I was 19 years old. So that was, uh, that was, yeah, about a little over a year ago. 
Um, and so that was the first time I'd ever been there. And that was amazing. It was one of the, I almost had a spiritual experience there, like going to see the monuments and just being like, wow, this is like actually the place that I come from and I've never seen it before. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was very spiritual to me and just knowing how, um, knowing how important the land was to like the ancestors there and, um, taking care of the land and, It was just, there were so many like things about spirituality that, that fascinated me that I felt like maybe we in our Western culture have lost, like we don't really think about the land that we walk on every day. And, um, and so that, that was really amazing. Um, and so also while I was there, there's a, there's a museum there called the Museum of Egyptian Civilization. So it's different from the, from just the Egyptian museum, but it's, um, they have an exhibit just for ancient Egyptian instruments. And so they show kind of these, um, now they're more popular in, in Persia and um, in Turkey. Um, they're called baglamas, but they're basically like, they have this like kind of the body of the guitar kind of, except it's like a circle um, and then a very, very long neck. Um, and then, kind of like dubbed strings that resonate a lot, kind of like a sitar. Um, and so that was like one of the first like stringed instruments ever. And so I really wanted to experiment with with that instrument on my on my um on my EP. So that that's more a North Star. I'll I'll if you listen, there's like a lot of like kind of like textural sounds in the background that I tried to do with those those resonant instruments. The other really cool instrument is called the canoon, which is like a vertical flat harp. Um, and it is the, like, I wish this like interview was like visual too, but um, if you have the chance to look it up after, it's like, they're so beautiful because the way that they're decorated too is is amazing. And they're, they use like seashells to create like patterns on them. Um, and so that that's one thing that, I really wanted to have on the EP. And so I worked with, um, with, uh, an Egyptian producer actually remotely, um, for, for that, that section on plain thoughts. And then we got that canoon solo. Um, so that was something super special to me, but I guess, yeah, going back to my trip to Egypt, um, yeah, so many amazing sites, just, um, all the monuments, all the history, um, I'd, I'd always been like very interested in ancient Egyptian mythology growing up, but I think getting to finally put it into action and seeing the different temples that are like dedicated to each of these mythological stories, like was super cool. Have you, there's this um, like national geographic thing they've done recently called treasures of ancient Egypt. And it's okay. It's like stunning literally every episode they find like a gazillion so I did Greece and Rome and like classics and stuff for my degree so like that's old but then the Egyptian stuff is like older and it's in such like amazing condition and now like obviously like everything in the British Museum is really really terribly catalogued because it was just like a bunch of people you know ransacking an area and then being like oh isn't this a cool thing put it in the back and then like 100 years later someone's like what's this so like they're actually finally getting to like show people like the 
I don't know, like the real background of all these amazing objects. And then they keep going to the, the new, what's the new museum in Cairo? They've just like restored it. It's like. Yeah, it's the, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you know it's... the one I mean. And like, yeah, yeah I want to go there so badly because they have so much incredible stuff and they're getting more and more of it back. Like they follow this guy who, you know, when Kim Kardashian took that picture next to that mummy in the Met. And then they mm-hmm. they were like, bitch, that's that's ours. We're <laughs> gonna take that back now. That guy, like his job, he's basically like like it's almost like the FBI or like the CIA kind of vibes, but for like Egyptian artifacts. And it's mm. so interesting, like keeping them in the country, like stuff and them getting stolen and also like tracing them. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's a very, very cool show to watch. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely go back. I think I've watched clips of it, but I haven't actually watched the full thing. Something I watched with my parents after our first trip to Egypt was, oh man, I'm forgetting the name. It was, so there was this actress, this famous actress in Egypt named Sousen Bej, and she um, did a full tour of every significant location in Egypt and basically told the entire history from the beginning all the way up to Cleopatra in like a whole like series. It's in Arabic, but you can watch it with um, English subtitles. Um, So I will find the name of it for you and and let you know. It's called, no, it's, it's called the, the motherland, the motherland. Okay. I'll remember that and watch it. Yeah. It's, it's such a great, like it's made very well. And she talks to all these archeologists and um, it's really cool. Yeah. I love a bit of Egyptian archaeology, like on any musical instrument archaeology as well. Like my flatmate is doing their dissertation on the meaning of musical instruments in Cyprus, because it's at this like nexus of all these different civilizations. So they have a combination of like ancient Egyptian and ancient Greek um, like instruments and stuff. And there was this whole thing about like there are two different types of lyre. And one of them is the Greek type of lyre that you see like Apollo holding. One of them is the Egyptian type of liar. And in various parts of Cyprus, they use they like they use both basically. And it was like this really like rigid thing about either using one or the other in a lot of Greece, even though there was like a lot of other Egyptian in- instruments and like all this other stuff that they did use. So like, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of us sitting looking at pictures of Cypriot instruments as I go, okay. Wow, I didn't know that. Because they do classical archaeology. And if you do like just classics, you do a lot of like the literature and not a lot of the like the actual stuff. So you're just constantly like, wow, who knew? I see. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I think instruments, especially to see how they've morphed over time, especially with different cultural influences is is super amazing. And I, I think it's really cool how Irish music made its way into kind of American folk music um, with mandolins and banjos and like really amazing, like really amazing influence from Ireland. I don't know too much about it, but I just think it would be really cool if, you know, we could take these like Arabic folk instruments that are folk instruments at their essence because they're used for storytelling and um, and and just kind of synthesize everything i think it's cool how like suddenly now everybody got a mandolin and is putting them in their you know in their indie songs and so i think it could be something i don't know people could start getting arabic instruments and and um 
start it, start using them, making them mainstream. So I don't know. Could be yeah, something well, you, cool. You've kind of hit on exactly like so much of American music, but also folk. Like I was talking to someone about the work you do and I was like, oh, it's like this combination of like Egyptian music and American folk. And then I was like, American folk is like not really a thing because it, like you said, it comes from Ireland. It comes from like all these other places. So I guess like that's just a natural progression of, of what it is. It's like constantly snowballing interesting music and like instruments and stuff yeah yeah totally totally why folk what got you into that um I think at the essence is storytelling um it's actually funny I didn't really listen to folk music at all growing up um and and so I think that's why like I have a lot of pop influence in my folk sound uh because I listened to a lot more pop growing up um but I think at the essence of folk is this idea of like storytelling and being vulnerable. And I think that's like very crucial to um, who I am as an artist, what all my songs are about, and just making the focus really on the thematic progression of things. Um, so I think, I think that's really, that's really important. Um, as far as the genre too, I mean, I love guitars just in general um, and to just, layer as many guitars as possible and change things like slightly and then have a really unique combination of all these guitars I think that's something about folk music that I loved um yeah I've I've been I think I've been listening to like folk and indie since like it's been about like five years now so I I, I say that I don't listen to a lot of it but um I've been I've been very influenced by it in in that that kind of transition from from adolescence to adulthood and so I think that's what kind of informed my my artistry a lot yeah and it makes for such a nice time capsule when you look back like at the different songs that you make you'll be like oh wow yeah because you're like storytelling and capturing that like coming of age shifting feeling yeah totally who are the folk artists that you listen to the most um, I think probably Joni Mitchell, I, I listen to the mm-hmm. most. I think we wouldn't have any folk music without her. So, um, at, at least like any contemporary folk music, the way we know it without her. So that she's like super, super important. Um, I'd say, um, Probably Adrienne Linker. I always go back to her songs album. Um, that that one is great, like great songwriting, and it's really just her and and acoustic guitar and and like literally such light percussion that you wouldn't even notice it. But it's really amazing. She really paints a beautiful picture. So I, I always go back to that folk album. Um, yeah, I, I think those who lived in you know the caves that they have in Crete that Joni Mitchell lived in for a while they were like no I, I oh didn't my even God. know about that yeah, they predate the Greeks I think they're Minoan and they they're basically carved into like I went but we didn't like go inside and they're oh, what's the they were used as like a, a cemetery kind of thing like and then like after a while these hippies basically just moved in and like they made music and stuff there was someone else James Taylor I think was there as well and yeah they would just live in these like literally like like very like you know when they have like films of like Christ in the tomb kind Mm -hmm. of like laid out on like a bit of a a bed 
like that so there were just like loads of people sleeping and living in those That's incredible. I, I heard about the caves in Crete, like the, the history of it, but I didn't know that people actually moved there. That's really, that's really interesting. It's like properly strange. We like pulled over and my mom was like, see that? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, I can't believe. And then, yeah, I just met this guy Like he was selling stuff from this like house that he'd inherited from this woman. And, you know, you're like talking to someone and like, uh, he just had this crazy life. And then I was like, oh, like where Joni Mitchell was. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she was probably there at the time. I was like, oh my God. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. yeah I mean she's got California as well so I feel like that's quite a nice like thing you guys have in common Totally. Yeah. Laurel Canyon. I think like I, I don't live far from like the canyon where like that huge folk movement happened. So just every time I drive through it, I just am reminded of the really important cultural significance that it has especially for me and my music so yeah it's almost becomes like a mythical place it's probably the same with london like where it's made up of all the culture like the whole of california especially la is like made up of the cultures that like you consume across the globe like i think that's such an interesting part of yeah like mapping it out based on where people live and stuff and london is like the muppets christmas carol just have you ever seen that No. oh my god okay i mean it's just a it slaps as a film anyway and it's got a great soundtrack but also the like london is like the most american like christmasy london ever and it's just yeah it like Okay. it doesn't actually look like london but it really just captures like a very nice christmasy atmosphere i don't know why that was my go-to on london's image in the u.s Nice. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, I think the other like really cool thing about cities in general is just how cosmopolitan they are, how many different people are convened in one place. And so I, I think I'm definitely a city person at my essence, um, just growing up in, in a city and being exposed to all different kinds of people. I think um, I still always am, am drawn to that and wanting to um, connect with people from different backgrounds and just different walks of life and so that that's been really awesome Do you find that helps with your creative process, like being around people? Because I feel like some people, they have to like, you know, get away and they like go into the woods or whatever, but it sounds like maybe not. yeah i mean i've never actually tried like just going into isolation and and that's going back to that Adrienne Lanker album I was talking about like that's how she made it she went into this cabin in the woods and just wrote this whole album I've never had that experience maybe that's something that I will look to do in the future but I think my version of that is like going into a city and I think a place for me that's been like that is every time I visited New York I've always been so inspired by just like it feels like a different world out there and I get an inspiration from the city over there that I don't necessarily get from LA which is very interesting I'm very like I'm always inspired by LA but every time I visit New York it's always like a different kind of feeling um and so yeah I would say that's my equivalent of like cabin in the woods inspiration Yeah, New York. They're like New York very similar. Cabin in the Woods, New York. yeah they're yeah they're <laughs> completely I'm the same energy. different but it for me it's like It, it, it's it's interesting because 
you know, you go the, the cabin in the woods thing, you go and you're, you have this feeling of isolation and, but I feel like New York can be that too, because everybody's very individualistic over there and you don't have to communicate with anyone if you don't want to, which is very interesting. You could just go about your day and go back to your apartment and, and be on your own. And so I think I, I was there for a good six weeks in the summer of 2022 And that's where I wrote a lot of not, I, I guess, a couple songs on the EP on the EP I wrote over there. Um, and yeah, it, it's kind of that same feeling where you're you're kind of going back to your isolated space after a day of just kind of seeing the world. Um, so, yeah, that was that that's very interesting. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people struggled with creating in the pandemic is because like actually sometimes you just need to be around people and have all those kind of like day-to-day -day kind of inspirations like even if you're not talking to anyone whereas like I think a lot of people in the pandemic were just like what do I do what do I do now like nothing's happening yeah I actually yeah I tried writing songs during the pandemic it was actually like before I even started writing because I was still 16 at that point so I wasn't writing at that point yet but um I I don't think I tried to I couldn't write a single thing then I needed that I didn't start writing songs until after finishing high school which was like online at the time and then finally being able to hang out with my friends after that that's actually when I started writing songs um so I I'm always fascinated by the people that said that they started writing during the pandemic I know a lot of people that that did I just I didn't have that same inspiration by being by myself I think I wanted to draw inspiration from other people yeah I mean I find those people really impressive who were like <laughs> yeah nothing happened and then I just like wrote a novel it was easy <laughs> it's like like I, I think yeah people like like I don't know it's like the food that like keeps mm. the work going maybe if I was older I don't know I think yeah, just yeah, because maybe. I was quite young at the time that it just wasn't necessarily flowing for me and I think my my mind was just in a different place I was just concerned with like school and college and the SATs at that time also um, says a lot so. about like how young you were like even now you know what I mean making all this work that we're like oh did you create when you were 16 oh no <laughs> like but that's really like such an optimistic like you know what I mean like you're just starting out and that's so exciting It is. It's super exciting. I think to to think that I'm like just still at the very beginning is super mm. cool too. Um, yeah, I just think that there's a lot of pressure, I feel like, or not pressure, but you kind of feel this sense of like, oh, I need to be like where this person is, or I need to be like, if, if I'm 20 years old now, then when I'm 25, I need to be like a platinum selling, like whatever. And so I think it's good to set goals, um, but it's also like you need to be nice to yourself and not, yeah. not, yeah, you, you, you can't be too hard on yourself and you also can't set unrealistic expectations because then you'll be setting yourself up for not very good feelings. And so um, I think what's been very helpful is like knowing that I'm still at the beginning and that Rome wasn't built in a day and that everything I do is just, you have to keep planting seeds. That's another thing about... Um, ancient Egyptian culture that was like very fascinating for me that me and my dad always reference now is that there's like three stages of life you plant the seeds 
you have the flood that comes and and waters the waters the seeds and then the seeds grow and then you harvest them so every day you're always planting seeds for yourself in the future and then hopefully one day you'll come back and just harvest all of the all of the new creations that you kind of put for yourself a while back so that's something i think about all the time every day before i think about anything i'm like let me do something for my career even if it's like very little and that'll be the seed that might grow into something special in the future that's so wise you're the youngest person i've ever interviewed and <laughs> you know that like tiktok sound like you're 20 like that <laughs> feeling but like yeah that's amazing and if this is where you are at 20 like i'm 25 next year so i definitely have that like that like weird quarter life crisis feeling is like kicking in but also with music i feel like people are shifting they're getting older you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like across the arts, people are like, there's less pressure and there's more time. But music has always been kind of like a bit, you know, it's very like Billie Eilish kind of like you hit 17 and you're like, oh, yeah, thank you. I'll take the Grammy and, and yeah. leave. Like, now it, so it was so surreal being like a high school student while Billie Eilish was my age. And like, or I guess maybe I, I can't remember if she was my age or like a year older, but I was like, can you believe like doing what she's doing right now and we're studying for the SAT? Like, and that that was really crazy. I think Lord too. I was in fourth grade when Lord made her debut at 16. And mm. I was like, wow, like she's she's not that much older. Like she's like, I mean, I was like 10. So she was like six years older than me, but still it was like surreal to think that like somebody who could be like at my school was like doing you know, writing amazing songs and doing all that. I I loved Lord a lot in in fourth and fifth grade. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like she shaped a she she shaped a generation. Sounds so cliche, but like seriously, like every cafe I've been in lately just plays ribs. And I'm like, it's really? cause like everyone who was like listening to the album now has like control over the the cafe playlist. And I'm like, yeah, the good the good vibe. Yeah. I have a playlist that's just inspired by that song. It's called Reeling Through the Midnight Streets. And it's just like all the songs that are that vibe that that ribs kind of captured that one song. Yeah. So I mean it's such a great coming of age album as well. Cause like there are so many moments that you have that with like your friends from home or like even like friends at college are kind of like, oh, oh, this is like a bit of a ribs vibe. Yeah. My God. What kind of artist do you want to be like have you like what do you envision yourself as that's really that's a really good question I think um I want to be an artist that's um like I really want to be an artist that helps people through whatever they're going through and I think going back to all the amazing like neuro stuff I've been doing music therapy um training that I've been doing I think that's something that I want to continue to explore of like having a career in health as a musician would be really amazing. And then continuing to use my platform as a musician to highlight how important music is for your own well-being. So I think that's where I see myself in the long run of kind of continuing to blend this mental health and wellness um, and the scientific um, the scientific backing for it with all the amazing stuff I'm doing in music so that's so cool the um you know BTS's label they're like the slogan for it is music for healing 
Oh, wow. That's like taking that to like another level. Like they do a bit of like Jungian stuff, which is like really cool and interesting. But this would be like, you know, you literally are like, okay, so according to this study that I've done all these exams on, like a very cool vibe. Yeah, I think the the I think one big issue is just like all the worlds are so like separate, like all the fields are like very separate. Like there's 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 the huge world of music and there's music industry and then there's all the classical music people which are like really amazing too. Um but then they're they're then the people like at the lab I work at and they're all like music cognition. So they're like very some of them are musicians but they're very interested in just like music in the brain but then there's a completely different field of you know music therapy and like actually using music in a health setting and you would think that all of them would kind of be like one in the same but they're actually very separated and there's not a lot of communication so i think having somebody especially like an artist that has a huge platform to be the one to kind of bring everybody together like that like that's super that would be super amazing if I if I could do that that I mean I feel very inspired now like that's a very good vibe and such a unique answer as well like I feel like you don't don't hear that every day like you've got so much going for your work that's like really very specific to who you are and I think that speaks to like a really like I don't know you, you can keep going with that you know what I mean like so often I think it's easy to burn out and stuff but it, you're doing what like, I don't know, like your, who you are is the work, if that makes sense. I think that's a great way to put it. I think definitely everything that I do is very, very much like a part of who I am, everything that I put out. Um, and so that's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a lovely start to doing like the next series. You're the first musician. We have like a few more. So I'm quite like, excited now yeah awesome thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure talking to you and um I definitely realized like some new things while I was talking to you which is super awesome um and yeah I hope you have a wonderful um rest of the series and um have a great night what a guy one album go listen enjoy the rest of your day get ready for hot wax get ready for toby lloyd get ready for orb ray lescure who has just a wonderful book and a wonderful interview i am so grateful to be doing this and i hope it enhances your week enhances your day i hope you get to read some of these things listen to some of these albums and you should but also I hope you get to have amazing chats yourselves about all of this.